Welcome to Living in the Matrix. I'm Jonathan, and I'm left of center. And I'm Rich, and I tend to lean a little bit more to the right. But the bottom line is, is together we try to look for the balance of what it means to be human in today's world. Awesome. And again, thank you. Thank you for having me and for seeing me, for acknowledging me. Thank you. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're a beautiful human being. I like what you're doing. So let's get started, I guess. Uh, this is Jonathan uh, in uh, Living in the Matrix. Um, I have an absolute wonderful guest with me today. It's a friend of mine that I met on Instagram. His name is Nikki Scorpio. And uh, Nikki, I'll just let you kind of introduce yourself because I think you know yourself better, but tell us a little bit about you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So this journey started, what I what I do is coaching in a different way. A lot of what I'm about and what has gotten me to this space is realizing that there is always a different choice in perspective and that a lot of times human beings will drop clues about who they are or what's important to them. And we live with these belief systems that a lot of times can block us. So I started going on this journey because I was in a mentally, verbally and abusive, uh, physically abusive relationship. And I started learning about different spiritual concepts, learning about mm -hmm. mental health. It was one day where uh, somebody told me, you have an interesting way of saying things. You must have a very high emotional intelligence. I'd never heard of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So I started doing a deep dive as I was continuing to learn about myself and this led to me being in Hollywood and I would meet people, they would introduce me to like the successful person and partially being an introvert, if you're an introvert, you know, you're constantly reading and observing and looking at all these different concepts and very, very heady um, kind of lifestyle. And I noticed that mm -hmm. there was a time where in the relationship that I was in, she spoke about something that was categorically important to her and this person who she was doing business with changed the conversation and went to, I would pay for Botox for you if you wanted to get it, honey, you're so beautiful. And I was like, mm. that was weird. And I pointed that out <laughs> to her and said, no, I didn't, I didn't. Well, it frustrated me, but I didn't really see how I was talking about something important, how they changed the conversation. Why, what should I do? And I said, well, you can still do business with them. I personally wouldn't <laughs> share something that's personal and important to me with that person. So this led to me working behind the scenes as a consultant with people where I would go into meetings, hang out with executives and just not say anything, but just read the room and point out factual observations. It was later after the lockdown where I got on TikTok and I just felt alone. I'd gotten out of the abusive relationship. I, I was in Manhattan. I didn't really know what the next move was. I posted a video asking if anybody felt like there was a lot going on. People responded. And then that led to me live streaming, which turned into a full-time career, being able to offer perspective for people who have experienced trauma, abusive relationships, domestic mm -hmm. violence, and things of that nature, uh, because we're in an abusive relationship on planet Earth. So we're, we're the people who are the leaders moving forward and just giving people that empowerment of self-discovery. I love the way you started this because it's from what I've seen is it's classic. You is you have a beautiful way of seeing your experience. It's not all good, but damn, you see it as beautiful. You see it as worthwhile. And I think that's what I love about you is you have this capacity to 
enjoy the moment and learn from it because those are the spaces where life gets beautiful and grows because when you're stuck in life sucks all the time yeah it sucks but let's live a positive perspective how do you find meaning out of it and that's what i love about what you do how did you get so where does that begin that journey to understanding what emotional intelligence is for you where, where did that start i for me for me, it was really because I've always been curious by nature. Mm -hmm. I often tell people, if you really want to start changing your life for free, the best advice, you can call it awareness. It's curiosity. It's being yes. curious as to why you, you make the choices that you make. That's always been ingrained in my human design. It was mm -hmm. really getting into the abusive relationship where I started to become aware of patterns. On top of that, I was hanging out with people who were very financially successful, people who are very spiritually enlightened, and notice how they wouldn't give attention to certain things, notice that we would see the exact same occurrence and, and we would react to it differently, and then becoming even more curious about that. And then from there, just really starting to do a deep dive on what makes a human the way that they are, and you know things like mother wounds and father wounds, and, and how our past connects to the way that we perceive life now. And, and that got me to this space of, we're all storytellers. A lot of times we're telling our story from somebody else's viewpoint, that doesn't make mm -hmm. sense in our life anymore. And so it's being able to say like, is this belief mine? Is is the fact that I'm hard on myself, is is that because society taught me that? Or am I am I choosing that? So I can go through the same circumstance that another person can. And if you and I, my analogy with people is you and I can both apply for the same job. If both of us get turned down, you might be bummed out. I say, thank God, because better opportunities are coming my way. Right. So it's really it's momentum. It's a practice and mm -hmm. it feels fake and it feels cheesy at first when you've been living in the trauma and living in the muck. And then just like exercising or like learning how to walk and talk. It doesn't make sense to go backward after you start to realize that your perspective, your belief does, in fact, create your reality. Your own experience comes out of trauma. Like you're not someone sitting on the sidelines and learning about it from a, from a book perspective. You've experienced that and have stepped out of that. What made you step out? Because I think everybody can talk about how bad it is, but what made you take the healing action to remove yourself from it? Um, I, I feel like most people who've gone through trauma don't connect with their anger as much as they should. I, I believe, and I actually identified myself that I had a negative connotation mm -hmm. with anger, whereas anger is actually connected with intuition. It's when we give it away to people where we feel drained in the loss of power. I got to a place where I snapped. I That relationship was almost a decade long. I tried every single approach. She still wasn't making the choices mm -hmm. that I was making. And so I got to a space where I I remember when I was living in Manhattan, I was living in the nice neighborhood. And then I moved out of that because I was getting out of that relationship. And I stopped and I realized that her perspective didn't exist anymore. And then I started thinking about why do I actually not like my life? And then I realized it boiled down to people had opinions about me. And then I stopped and I thought, when was there actually a time where I didn't know that people had opinions about me? And then from mm -hmm. there, I I realized 
it's going back to childhood and it's looking through paying bills, all the adult things that we do through the excitement of a child and being able to say like, I don't want to live with the fact that I was taken advantage of when I was a child and just say, that's what it was. And I don't want to think about that. I don't want to look at you know, that I grew up as an artificial insemination. My mom's lesbian. My birth father was gay. He died of AIDS when I was nine. I grew up in a neighborhood where people didn't look like me. I don't want to just accept that society says that there's something wrong with you and and just take that on. So for me, it was really sitting down with myself and to say, it doesn't logically make sense that I don't like natural occurrences that have happened to me How can I honestly and authentically look at this thing that used to be painful from a place of this is teaching me something, I'm learning something, and I can help other people and find purpose within my pain? Who helped you through that process? Did you kind of, because I'm a curious person and I learn from a ton of people and I have a few mentors. Who did you learn from or did you kind of go it alone? Um. It was really a combination of things. So really a lot of a lot of it was getting into ancient wisdom is getting into Eastern philosophies. Um, One of my mentors is Shaman Durek, D-U-R-E-K. He's an African shaman. He's getting married to the princess in Norway and doing amazing things for race relationships. Um, He's the first shaman to go on national television. He's somebody who really the first time that I called him up and was like, I'm going to throw my phone out the window. I'm losing my mind. She's irritating me. And he was like, you should should thank her for the fact that you're this pissed off because this isn't even about her. And I was like, what that blew my mind. Um, a lot of it was shamanism. Um, there were seminars that I went to. Mind Valley is really amazing. Um, Vision, who's the creator of Mind Valley, um, has a lot of information, wisdom, and knowledge. I went to Landmark, which used to be Est. Um, I, I like the information they have. It gets a little bit Scientology after a while. And so like, I got what I got and I moved forward. I tried the group therapy, the men's therapy, the single therapy. Um, I personally don't like saying that I'm angry and sad over and over and over again and funding people's vacation homes. Um, (laughs) so, and I tried couples therapy and, and it was like a comedy skit, um, of the advice for $90 that I was getting. You know, so it was all of these, it, it was just, there was, there was a silver lining in that relationship because she also wanted to learn about these concepts. It's just when you're taught not to show your emotions and feelings, it's complicated when it comes to that. People call that person a narcissist. It's just, they're just not emotionally available. And so, you know, that in that relationship, I got the understanding of this was my masterclass for the original attention that I had as a child. It was just being able to go on this journey of, I don't like how I feel and I'm starting to step outside of my comfort zone in my community. And I'm seeing that other people have happiness and I want a piece of that. And I'm going to be determined and I'm going to be relentless and I'm not going to take no for an answer because I'm finally starting to realize that I truly deserve that. So wherever I can find wisdom and knowledge, whether that's from a homeless person or from somebody who's charging thousand dollars or whatever, that, you know, I can find that information. And again, in my design, like you said, how you're curious, I feel like most people don't go deep enough and they mm-hmm. don't give enough thought to concepts like be in the present moment or everything happens for a reason. I think that people take very surface level level looks at concepts that can really empower them. 
And that's within my nature to go back to ancient wisdom and astrology. Mm -hmm. I'm a Scorpio stellium. So I have um, six different planets that are in Scorpio and Scorpio stellium. Part of our journey is learning information to share it with other people. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, that's that's me. That's how Mm -hmm. intentional I am. It's it's bottom line. You said it best. It's the curiosity. You want to know what makes people tick. If if you are curious enough about yourself, you'll find that you have all the answers and you'll find that you're more powerful than you've been given credit for. It was just it was just not giving up and just honoring that curiosity within me. And from a genuine place after feeling all of that, wanting to share that with people because you know how good it feels and just finding the way to communicate it and connect it with people. I walk my dog every night and have that same feeling is there is wisdom in the universe that we experience that is beautiful that you want other people to experience. Like I think I'm a huge believer in the unified field and from a quantum theory perspective, the unified field is the new scientific construct. It's the final emergence of theology and science kind of finally coming together and saying, okay, there is a single field. Let's all party. And I think life is about learning how to experience that. And the ancient wisdom all says essentially the same thing. You got to love yourself first. That's it. So for you, was there a moment, I always like to ask my guests, was there a moment that you awakened to you were loved? Yes, I love this question. Okay, yeah. so when, when, I, when I moved to the, to, I went from the Upper West Side, ego, ego, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, classy, classy, to the Coney Island Projects, um, okay. I had a week to find a place to live and a job. I called up my friend whose name is Bob. I know that rhymes, it's like I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. I called up my friend Bob <laughs> And I, and I was like, I, I have to find a place to live. I need to find a job because my company just laid me off. And like, right. I'm in a relationship where she destroys everything that's nice. And so he said, he said, I have a job for you. I don't think you're going to like it though, but I think you're going to be amazing at it. And so I'm like, okay, wh- what is it? And he's like, well, it's a bathroom attendant. You're mopping up floors in the bathroom at a nightclub in Manhattan. And I'm like, come on, man. He's like, I told you, but you can make tips. And I know that you're a hustler. And I was like, and my intuition, which I've learned, 100% intuition, I'm like, okay, feels good, cool, all right? So so I I was excited. I messaged my, at the time, girlfriend. She said, I'm going to break up with you because that's trashy, and I don't want to be with somebody who's this way and that way. And my intuition was like, this woman's more indecisive than mm-hmm. anything in the world. Do it anyway. Like, you're here right now. You don't have the luxury of second-guessing yourself right now. So I went to this job. And I was, and I just, something just hit me and I was like, your life is now a movie and everybody who's watching you is lucky to be in your presence. And then I remembered, and this is, this is a different version of what I teach of how you can use your emotional intelligence. I remembered people like Shaman Durek. I remembered the man that I connected with that was worth $350 million. We were talking about childhood trauma. I remember connecting with different CEOs and CMOs when I was talking to them about mental health and how they saw me as an equal. And then I remembered that I was grateful. I was talking about something that was interesting to me and that, and I convinced myself 
there are more people out there that are like that when you are yourself. And there's, it's almost as if there's a mathematic equation where I can stay in my gratitude and stay in that excitement, regardless of 3D mm -hmm. interpretation. And so I went into that job <laughs> as that bathroom attendant. And every time that I turned on the water faucet, it was my pleasure when they'd say, thank you. I put the soap in their hands. My ple not fake, not cheesy, but it was authentic. No, you went for it. My pleasure. Yes, because yeah. I have I have gratitude and my energy is amazing. And I remembered those key moments and I amplified that. Well, people kept on telling me, yo, like, I love your energy, man. Like, I used to do something like this. Keep going. And I connected with some really amazing uh. people. And then afterwards, I go to email my girlfriend at four o'clock in the morning when I get back into the projects. And then she goes, well, maybe you should keep that job. And I'm like, Okay, like he's <laughs> indecisive. Like that's when I really started to, to connect with my gratitude and combine mm -hmm. that with my anger of nobody is going to tell you who you are, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to give away the anger. I'm just going to, before I get around humans, before I get around society, I am going to hold myself accountable, have the ability to respond, responsibility to say, remember your gratitude. Remember there's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. If you make $400 today in tips or $4 today in tips, you're still going to that space. So it was that moment where I really, mm -hmm. it was me trusting myself, me yeah. going into a space of this is scary and I don't want to be abandoned and codependent, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah, stuff of saying, this feels slightly better than how I've been living before and I'm going to do it anyway. And getting that acknowledgement and realizing again, there's a formula to getting to where you want to go, letting go of that control. And really, like you said, instead of best trusting yourself going internal instead of needing that validation and needing mm -hmm. to look good in society, because none of us know which road is going to take us to that happiness. I, it, you captured it beautifully with the idea of we have to begin with gratitude. That's where it begins. You, and Because you don't have to know that you're loved, but when you experience gratitude, you experience the universe loving you back. It, yes. Because it will, when you give, there you go. Here's your soap. How can I serve you? How can I be of help to you? It always comes back more than you've yes. ever given. And that is the mystery of this thing called the unified field or the kingdom of God or heaven or whatever anybody wants to call it. It's this space where if you are a giver in a pretense of love and you're giving, it will always come back to you. And it magnifies the more people that participate in that. The more people that participate in it, it grows more energetic. Yes. You know, I heard something recently and it was just a random video. I can't even credit the person. I wish I could, but they were saying, if you believe that anything, that everything is energy and vibration, consider the fact that abundance, prosperity, joy, and opportunities all resonate at a certain vibration at a certain frequency. When mm -hmm. you go above that, when you release the expectation and you do it from a place of gratitude, from a place of excitement, you become a money magnet, you become an excitement magnet. Yeah. And, and the analogy that I got for that is when you go into an elementary school and you see a child playing with toys all and they're having a good time, 
all the other kids want to go play with that toy and they want to have fun like that person. So we're doing that with our traumas and we're doing that with our insecurities and we're doing that with our lessons and the joys and everything that is us to rise above that. I don't need approval. It's nice to have financial freedom. I don't expect anything. And ironically, when I let go of all of that, that's when it all came to me because I'm having a good time, because I'm not expecting anything. And because I'm open to happiness and joy showing up in a way I never expected. You're having the same experience that I'm having. It's crazy to listen to you because some days when, when, so about, I've literally been studying love for about 30 years. I grew up a Christian and I never connected to the religious part, but I connected to Jesus in a very deep way because it was go love yourself. And I had a mom who communicated that to me. And the practice of love is a really hard, arduous journey. If you're stuck completely here, if you are operating from your mind only, the practice of love is really hard. It has to include your heart. And that's what I am experiencing in waves, like mega waves, because I've allowed it to really come down into my heart as well. And this congruence is happening that it allows it to explode. And it's interesting that I I now realize I can walk into a room and energize a room with that love. And it lights people up in a way that they're not used to because they're enjoying the moment. It's a weird experience. What what is your experience in terms of that energy that happens when you feel love? For me, what I've realized at the foundation, when you strip everything away from who I am, when I connected with the childhood version of me, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. And I realized that most people don't have excitement, right? And so when it comes to matters of the heart, like love, Mm -hmm. it's also understanding If your roadmap, if growing up, love was yelling and fighting and making up and crying and chaos, and you meet somebody whose love was healthy parents, healthy boundaries, healthy communication, it doesn't translate, right? Right. So part of it, getting to the space of actually even being able to receive love is looking at the relationships that I saw and saying, how did that create the the viewpoint the filter the perspective that i have and Mm -hmm. and how does this show up for me when somebody who thinks differently or looks like they have their stuff together when maybe subconsciously i don't feel that way how can i connect with that person if i don't even believe that that i deserve that so really it's getting into the space of one i'm not comparing myself to other people and and two I am going to figure out the way that my human design is so that mm-hmm. I know myself so that I can communicate like my my wife when we were dating when we were getting to know each other I had a lot of conversations of like this is what I'm good at this is where I get overwhelmed this is what I'm working on are are you good with that and let me listen to you what you've gone through I wonder how that would impact arguing. I wonder how that would affect Mm -hmm. when it comes to money, when it comes to financial decisions. And again, most people look for external validation so they don't get fascinated by their life. They don't get curious about what love actually means and why do I keep on falling into these patterns? I feel like people, it's almost as if, the, the thing I've been sharing with people recently 
It's a process of removing yourself from yourself. It's stepping outside of yourself mm -hmm. and then looking at that person to say, this is my best friend or this is my child. And when, when those internal thoughts come up, those insecurities come up or that anger or that I don't deserve love self-sabotage shows up, what advice would I have wanted to be given? What perspective would I want to have that really connects with me, right? So mm -hmm. love, people say that they want love, but the reason why the divorce rate is so high and why people self-sabotage is based off of the stories that they tell themselves. So lastly, if, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a woman and you want to get into a relationship with a man and that man loves you and wants to spend every second with you, but your father wasn't around because he was traveling or doing business or wasn't emotionally available, mm -hmm. it's going to feel uncomfortable for you that that person actually wants to get to know you. So it's, it's, it's really taking a deep dive to look at what did I see and then mapping out to say, what are possibilities as to how that's affected me and how can I cross the bridge to actually have healthy love and baseline even know that I deserve to have that when it shows up? You mentioned earlier about intuition. I had a weird experience last week where I lost my wallet on a walk with my dog. So it could have been anywhere. I, it, the pocket, I put my phone back there and I pulled it out and the wallet fell out. And I remember sitting on the couch going, that walk is going to take me at least an hour to complete. What should I do? And I just listen. I stopped for a second. I No rational thought whatsoever. I just listened to my intuition and I knew exactly where it was. And I go, I'm going to go check it out. And I went and I found it. It was one of the most unique experiences because it validated the need and necessity of intuition. How has that played a role in your life? So I've, I've realized the strongest thing that we have about ourselves is our belief. Our, like mm -hmm. I tell people, especially if you've grown up in a family that didn't talk about feelings and emotions, intuition mm -hmm. doesn't really show up for you because intuition shows up, but then the, up, oh, I'm not going to look good if I do that. People are going to have opinions right. about me if I do that, right? So right. I started to notice after I, after my account started popping off on TikTok that because I intuitively wanted to post that video. It was my logic that was like, but look at your hair, but look at the lighting, but look at your outfit. People are going to have opinions about you. It was my intuition that was like, but you don't want to hang out with those kind of people. So why do you care about them? And so I was like, and I, <laughs> I posted it and, and, and now here we are, right? So I realized my mantra, my motto for myself is 100% intuition. So I'll give you a perfect analogy. From that bathroom attendant job, from that bathroom attendant job, I had a manager. I got a management deal while I was working as that bathroom attendant for somebody who works with. I'm not going to name drop, but just big celebrities, big artists, and it sounded really, really good to tell people about this. The problem <laughs> was it was focused on those other artists because I was the new guy. And they hadn't seen my live streams. They didn't know really what I was up to. It was just more music and entertainment and, and, and things of that nature when that was more of my focus. So I got told I needed to raise $4,000 for the song that I had. Um, and so I got on my live streams and I was telling people, somebody from Romania sent me $4,000 in one setting without any kind of like anything other than I support you. When you get the money, pay me back. I gave that money to them. And 
there wasn't communication and there was impatience and there wasn't a dialogue going on. Then I started getting this message that was like, you need to leave New York. It's turning into Gotham City. It's not here for you. You need to go. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Intuition will have you questioning your existence and questioning your sanity. And I'm like, that doesn't make any kind of sense. This is what I've wanted. And I kept on noticing that same irritation, that same frustration. The last week that I was in New York, three different people with mental health issues were trying to attack young women and I had to go in there and stop that. And I'm like, I can't every single time that I step outside, go into protector mode. This isn't it for me. Well, there was somebody that I connected with through my live streams that was going on a road trip. And I was getting this message of, you need to go on the road and you need to connect with people and you need to light them up and you need to show them the connection and bring people together. Like what's that movie where if you build it, they will come? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feel the dreams. Yeah. Yes. So kind of like that energy, like a very faith-based thing. And I'm like being logical, like this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And I was even talking to a mentor of mine and I'm like, everything about this person is a walking red flag. I would walk by them and I wouldn't even think twice. I picked up off something about them isn't right, but my intuition was like, yep, but you're going to find the solution. Do it anyway. And it just life, because I was open to that idea, because I was trusting, it just got me, it funneled me to that place. I communicated with this person. I said, this is how much money I have. These are my expectations. This is what I'm open to. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm getting better at. Where are you at? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Do we have places to stay? It's organized. Perfect. I then found out that person was a pathological liar. I then found out that person was a hoarder. I then found out all these different frustrating things about this person. They lied about how much money they had. They needed for me to take over ownership of the car that we were driving. They needed to take every single belonging with them in a van. They wanted to have a child with me. All of this crazy stuff I normally don't deal with because I'm captain structure and discipline and consistency. This was a new thing for me. So I kept trusting, I kept trusting, I kept finding the solutions. I created a mantra with myself of solutions only. So every time they had a problem, I had a solution. I was Mm -hmm. rising to the occasion. I ended up in North Carolina with somebody who was initially a client and then turned into my moderator and then turned into now my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. It was initially supposed to be a couple days that I stayed there and it ended up staying longer because of her pathological lying, because of all that chaos, we we went different ways. We went in separate directions. I stayed in North Carolina. The roommate at this place where I was at didn't like me. He just didn't like anything about me at all. He's like, you're a scam artist and you're crooking people on Instagram. And I'm like, ha you're bamboozled. Why are we speaking this way? Like it's 1922. Um, and... <laughs> It got to the place where it was getting dangerous that he was shooting guns when I was doing live streams in the backyard and just crazy stuff that I'm, again, I come from humble beginnings. It's just, it's different. Not what I'm used to. A woman who was in, who was in my live streams saw what was going on and she also was getting a message to go on a journey. She booked time with me. We started talking turns out that we had like minds and had the same intention. She wanted to start up a nonprofit 
um, where you're giving people resources and education and information. And I was like, I've been wanting to give people education and giving people homes and creating communities and grid lines as well. I love this. Well, she drove over to North Carolina. She's now my wife. <laughs> so yes, all, all of that journey now that I'm a happily married man, now that I have a career with purpose, now that I'm expanding all of this, the initial journey of that felt crazy and it felt very frightening and it felt very out of my element. Intuition isn't logical. Mm -hmm. Intuition is is really again it's the very 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 first split second and then it goes to are you going to go into your trauma responses or right. are you going to trust that it speaks quietly yeah so yes. for me for me it's like now i can't go backwards i because i keep on seeing that my intuition is on point when i read people i find out things about them days weeks months years later and that intuition is vital because Again, the way that I got here, the fact how you and I are talking, that journey, very, very, very out of character. When I tune into who I am now and where I'm at, when the camera's off and the lights are off, I'm happy. I've made it. I've made it. Yeah. That, I think that's what people want is the capacity to turn off the noise in their head so they can enjoy just where they're at. Because a lot of people have decent and good lives and they can't even enjoy them because they're so stressed, because they're so at odds with other people. And I think that's the that's the value of doing the work is the the all the trauma is stored as negative energy in our bodies because we at some point made a bad judgment about ourselves. Like we got whatever happened in our trauma, but we store it inside of us, our judgment. And until we release that, we will never know life to be joyous because we're always fighting against that old, dark, musty energy that wants to escape our body's sending us tons of triggers, but it's hard to trust in the intuition that says, go this way instead. Especially, and, especially if you are told that you're stupid, especially yeah. if you're told that you're not good enough, you're just going to keep on validating that because you wanted approval from mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and it's, that's why a big part of our ego, because our ego scientists now realize is our default mode network. And it's a, essentially operates exactly like AI. It's a construct that works off of training and inference. If they're very similar. I work in AI where I used to. And, uh, and we're now realizing, wait a minute, your ego actually has a, a good purpose to protect you. Yes. Yes. And it's hard. Intuition pulls us away from the leadership of the ego, but we don't have to kill the ego to work with it. It's a handshake that can be recreated, but the intuition has to really be in control because I think our intuition is a full combination of our head and our heart. And when those are in congruence, our intuition takes over. But it's hard to live in intuition because our life creates so much evidence that it's not going to happen.
Yes, well said. Um, the way the way my my friend Shaman Dirk told me, ego is a value system. So so mm -hmm. if you're saying nothing ever works out for me, then ego is going to show that to you and say, here it is. What are you going to yeah. do with this information? Do you still think it's that way? Or are you going <laughs> to see if there's other options? And in that same way, if you say everything works out for me, like how my my model, my mantra was when I was doing that job and I was living in that poverty, my mantra was every choice I make is the right one. Cause when I fall down, I learn a lesson. When I learn a lesson, I don't have to repeat that. So, so new age spirituality has us thinking that ego is a bad thing. Ego is a value system. And when you understand that, that's where you start to again, realize your belief system creates the reality that you live in. We're all going mm -hmm. through the same circumstances. You're not going to get success and everybody claps their hands and everything opens up. You can make $5 million and somebody could sue you for $10 million. It's mm -hmm. being able to understand happiness is a choice and it's getting out of the societal lie of happiness is when you approve of me. Happiness is, is when I don't hurt anybody's feelings. Happiness is when you actually look at everything and you say, I want to learn and I want, I want to be better. I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. I want to be happy. And sometimes <laughs> within happiness, which people battle on that one all the time, you can't be both at the same time. Okay. Happiness means sometimes temporarily we're uncomfortable and life sucks. Mm -hmm. And most of what we're most of what we think sucks is just our inability to handle what's happening in the moment. Exactly. That's it. You know. Exactly. So I want to dovetail a little bit because I've been thinking about this since I invited you. You grew up in a very unique childhood with two gay mothers. Is that correct? Yes. What was that like for you? Because there's I come from a very different history of Christianity. This is that was wrong. Okay. Right. I don't believe that. I had a lot of gay family members. I have a lot of family members of my uh, cousins that are gay. So yeah. I dealt with it a long time ago. But for the average person who didn't grow up in that world, what was that like for you? Because, and I want to draw out the best parts of it. Yes. Um, first of all, I'll say I encourage people because I love God and I love Jesus and I'm closer to God and closer to Jesus than the air that I breathe. I want to encourage you to go deeper in your in your truth seeking for those of you that are on the fence about that, because that is a mistranslation and it's a misinterpretation and God is unconditional love. And I was very much taught to find God for myself. So so my mom says I have a more broader perspective of what is normal for people. So yeah. not only did I grow up with two mothers, I also grew up again. My neighbors were part of the Black Panther Party. I saw my mom get attacked when I was five years old and she got hit with a two by four because there was a miscommunication with my brother and a neighbor. And my mom had blood going down her face. And the police said there's no witnesses because you don't snitch in the hood. And the next day, my mom was taking care of the kids from the families that didn't want to snitch that were attacking her. So my mom, my mom very much grew up um being after after she came out that she very much got into feminism um the original version of feminism of just like hey look at how women have created life look at how women have been warriors look at how mm -hmm. in the 1600s how beauty standards were defined differently and like you know really getting me into that space and understanding that so i grew up in in that environment of women create life and you know 
that we honor women and, and we respect them, right? And that was good until my non-biological mother left and said, I don't want children. I didn't want this. This was your idea. And then I learned about abandonment and codependency and all of that. So we moved out of Berkeley, California. We moved into somebody's like, oh, of course he's from Berkeley right now, right? Of course he's from California, right? So <laughs> then we moved into Alameda, which doesn't belong in the Bay Area. It's very conservative. Um, the yeah. year before we moved in there, there was Klan members marching down the street, handing out flyers and just craziness. So I, I went from everybody loving me and knowing me and me being like the class clown and everybody was cool with Nikki to who's this weird kid. And they're like, what kind of music do you listen to? And I'm like, everything. And they're like, you can't do that. You're a poser. And I'm like, oh God, get me out of here. So growing up in that, I experienced, I experienced bullying. I experienced homophobia as a straight young man. Um, Did they I, automatically assume that about you, that you were I gay? Well, no, it wasn't that. It was more so of, I distinctly remember when I was around 15 years old, my mom used to read to me. Parents used to read to your kids every single day. It just, sure. it, it long-term does so much. Yeah. Um, there was a phone call and there was like three, four, five people on the phone. And it was, um, is it true that your mom's a D-Y-K-E? Is it true that you're on welfare? All this different stuff. And there was mm -hmm. people laughing in the background. So I didn't know. I was infamous in this school. Like everybody knew about me. I had no idea because um, it's a smaller town. It's an island, right? And so to answer your question, in those moments... It was frustrating. It was hard because of the bullying, because I was insecure. Mm -hmm. Bigger picture, again, all of the things that I've experienced, I, I feel like I have been an outsider who's on the inside of mm -hmm. certain communities and cultures and circles from the outside. It's like, I'm an insider on the outside, but I'm an outsider on the inside. And so mm -hmm. I can talk about certain concepts and be an ally and be an advocate and go in front of people. Like, for example, I've talked with people that are on the conservative side of things that, that don't want to hear about the misinterpretations and are just like, this is what God says. This is God's word. This is the Bible. And that's it. And I'm like, right. okay, fair enough. If that's how you want to live. <laughs> I respect, I agree to disagree. Hey. However, let me ask you a question. You go to church on Sunday, right? Absolutely, every single Sunday. Okay, well, you love your wife, don't you? Well, of course I do. Well, sometimes you wanna hold your wife's hand because you're feeling the Holy Spirit. You're feeling God's word. You're feeling the gospel and you love that. The next time after your service, I want for you when you walk outside, I want for you to look to your left and look to your right and hope to God that nobody kills you because you love your wife because you want to hold her hand. That's what the people that you don't like, that God loves unconditionally, experience on a regular basis. And they go, wow, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, imagine that. All politics, all translations aside, how does that, how would you feel about that? And then we can have a different conversation and then we can have a breakthrough. You're blowing my mind in a really super awesome way because that is the perfect story spoken from a straight white male with a 
gay mom, you were on the inside. Nobody can provide a better understanding of what a, a, a gay woman can experience as you because you're her child watching it her entire life. And that's what it felt like. That's the important part is what you shared is what it feels like. It hurts. And it's not necessary. Right. Right. Like that's right. the thing that I hate about the whole gay conversation within the church is the church conveniently forgets about the love part. That's what it's supposed to be known, not as the judgment. And right. it loves to hold on to the judgment. I don't, I, that's the part I have never reconciled with. I just can't well, live that way. It, it's, it's really, it's really at the end of the day, if people, if people don't have something to hate, then they're going to have time to go internally and take responsibility. <laughs> and for some people, the cognitive dissonance says, I don't want to do that because it's too painful and I hurt too much. Right. So yeah. again, that's, that's why we're here to have these conversations because I, I get that people, some people sign up to be told what to do and, and, and because it's easier that way. And I get that. I don't want for people to live my way. I want to mm. know like kids playing in the sandbox. You can look into my eyes and see God and see that love and that we can agree to disagree. And that when mm -hmm. you love yourself, my, my lesbian mother isn't a problem when you're holding complete, you're not yes. looking at me and saying you shouldn't be around. I'm mm -hmm. a mirror reflection. I'm showing mm -hmm. you what love is. In fact, my conversation with people who experience homophobia and racism is you're actually more self-expressed. And that person who was told that they're not good enough or they're stupid looks at you and you're holding up a mirror and you're saying, this is what self-expression looks like. This is what love looks like. And that person has to take a look at that and says, I don't have that. I want that like a child. And now I'm going to attack you because my dad or my mom told me that I don't deserve that. Right. So when you start to look at the concept of mirroring, this is where you can understand people aren't homophobic. They're not racist. They're powerless. They're powerless. And when and when you can have a conversation that. with somebody to say, like when I see people that are doing that, I say, why do you speak in a way that implies that you're powerless? Why are mm -hmm. you being so powerless right now? What are you talking about? Because if you were full of power, you wouldn't have time to look at that other person and see a flaw in them. There's no power in judgment. That's the, that's the, the brilliance of what you're saying is the reality. There's only power in love. There's force in judgment. Like I want the world to do what I want it to do. And love says, no, we all coexist. And most people go for the lesser of the power. Like the, it's just force. It's, it, it's control and it always creates fear and it never works. And I think we are waking up to the reality that that no longer works as a humanity. I think it's do you, I'm assuming you probably know what the age of Aquarius, do you buy into that? We are, we are here yeah. before, yeah. before my, my wife is more versed on astrology and I highly mm -hmm. recommend for people to do deep dives, not just look at the newspaper. Mm -hmm. One that says that you're going to feel right. lucky because all of our ancestors used to go into those spaces. <laughs> right. Um, we're Jesus now, was discovered by astrologists. Right. <laughs> you know, the three wise men were astrologists. Okay. Yeah. I even I even went to um, Egypt recently, and horoscope is connected to Horus, and Christianity yeah. respects Egypt. Very fascinating. Right. So um, we're living in 
the truth now. This is yeah. I am I know now. So that's why coincidentally for the non-believers and skeptics, all yeah. of these politicians are getting exposed, both sides of it, that mm-hmm. people are saying, I don't want to do this job anymore. I deserve to be paid more, that you're going to see more of this. So the people that are committed, that are doing the work or the dedication or the commitment, you are going to be the one that is rising above the people who have been more extroverted that don't want to show their emotions that go into presentation based love and presentation mode. Those are the ones that are losing their, you know what right now, because you can't play that game and you can't do that right now. And even on a business level, because I used to, I I still do it, but I don't focus on it. I've been signed with voiceover agencies and acting in entertainment they don't want, hi, how are you doing? Everything's perfect. They want relatable. They want mm-hmm. raw. They want honest. And that's where I see the impact that I hated being vulnerable before, that where I open my heart and I say, this is who I am. The people who don't respect me, they're just not my people. It's not that serious. Mm-hmm. It's not that deep. Right. It's just, you're the right. confidence test. Thank you so much for reminding me that when I love myself, I don't need your validation. And the people that actually get what I'm saying love me. So now because I'm honest, there's no middle ground for me. And I don't deal with people that like the idea of me or want to hang on to my energy because blah, 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 blah. You know what? You mentioned something about your mom. It sounds like your mom was a, a fiercely loving woman, not a fierce woman, but a fiercely loving, like she, she loved her enemies. Yeah. That is to me, the gospel. That's the uniqueness of what your mom is being an example of is exactly who Jesus would want her to be is someone who's fiercely loving and still not able to be in part of the club. You know, it's like, it's just, I don't, I want to move past that age where we get over that because I've been in that conversation theologically for about 15 years now and it's tiring. It's over. Right. It's like, can we move past it? They're human beings. You got to start there. I got to create I, that connection. I feel like, for example, when I was in North Carolina, the neighbors were just, there was ignorance. There was racism. Mm-hmm. There was stuff that yeah. was said that I just, I just don't align with. All that I can do is lead by example. Mm -hmm. All that I can do is show you God's love. All that I can do is show you that testimonial of like, I've been at the bottom and it Mm -hmm. feels better when you keep going and when you keep on loving yourself and you keep on learning. So for me, for me, part of it is I understand not everybody in this lifetime is meant to get it and that's okay. The mm-hmm. narcissist, the person who doesn't get it, is testing you to say, yeah. are you going to point your finger? Are you going to look at those other fingers that are pointing back at you? Are you going right. to say there's a problem or are you going to find the solution? So what we're seeing right now in this age is people are realizing they actually must step up to create mm-hmm. the world that they want to see. Yeah. We are seeing accountability. John Lennon said people look at it and say, Father's going to take care of it. Father's the government. Father will take care of it. And it's no, it's it's us. It's it's we. It's we the people. But most people haven't had the bandwidth or the belief system to actually slow down 
and change these structures, that's the silver lining on that lockdown that happened. And now people are like, I can't physically do this. I can't be in this relationship. Mm -hmm. I can't be around 50% Mm -hmm. relationships. I can't do this. I guess I'm just going to have to get up and just start starting messy and just going for it and just seeing what happens. Right. So that's where I get excited about it and encourage other people to say, stop trying to save these other people that don't want to be saved and instead find the people that you do connect with so you can amplify that. And and in the same way, there are still racist people in society, but they know that they have to be quiet. They know that they can't do that. They are children. They are children. It's time for mom energy and dad energy to come in and say, okay, I get that you don't like this. I get that you're scared. I get that this is different for you. It's going to be okay. Go to your room and draw me a picture and tell me how angry you are and how sinful this is. That's okay. Mom and dad are going to take care of this and and we're going to move forward and we're going to respect women and we're going to go past these fear-based and divisive conversations. So it's a process. It's just people give energy and attention to places Mm -hmm. that are dead end roads. And it's time for us to focus on finding solutions and having difficult conversations to agree to disagree. And to hear if you walk in that person's shoes, you would be thinking the exact same way. Yeah. It's, it's the world is changing so fast. I don't think, uh, it's, moving especially with ai that i don't think people are understanding how to cope like we're in this first place of ai bust pe- busted people's bubble like technology right. is here if you grew up as a terminator i grew up with the concept of terminator which is this guy is going to come from the future he's going to kill you and he was ai it's like it's here now and people are sketchy and but it's coinciding with so many weird things that are happening in the world and i do believe that we are experiencing an age shift you know, you and I both grew up with fiercely loving mothers. That was, that's why I brought out that term is because I felt that. And that was my mom. She was fiercely loving. She always invited two families to our Christmas dinner. I mean, it was like, she wanted to include everybody. And I'm so grateful for those experiences because you put me out of my comfort zone as a kid. Yes. yes. But it was the perfect example of loving people that I needed, you know? And I, I love that you grew up with a mom who taught you this. And I think that's a little bit of, we both grew up with this strong feminine concept in our lives where that's what the masculine needs. It needs a balance. It doesn't need one to subserve the other. It needs a solid teamwork balance. And I think you growing up with that strong feminine, you got to see that. Yes. And then and then from there, it was my journey to to discover what being a man went, I, I want to say mm-hmm. that what I've learned from content creation, from TikTok, like I posted a video recently and it, it went pretty viral. And the thing that I've learned, men use laughter as a coping mechanism to mm-hmm. mask the pain that I was sharing something. And part of it was I got a message that I just, I had to share immediately. And I had soap in my eyes from the shower that I took. So my eyes looked red. And so half of the comments are like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is powerful. And then the rest of the comments are guys that are laughing and cracking jokes. I posted another video 
that was this man talking about relationships. And I was like, nah, this alpha male be strong nonsense. And I communicated how I'm in a healthy relationship. 80% of the comments from men are like, she's going to leave you. She's going to divorce you. I'm with her now. Like wishing for me to suffer, wishing pain upon me because, because you don't know my pain. You don't know what it's like to be me, the lie that society tells us. And so why should I care about you? Why should I be helpful for you? I don't understand you and I can't control you. And anything that I don't understand and can't control is fear and it's here to attack me. And once you understand that, then we can have the conversation. It's frustrating that that men go to this space and we got hustled into this belief system of I have to be strong and I have to be tough. And so we get strong hospital bills and tough hospital bills because of all that inflammation and all of that nobody appreciates me cancer disease that we get. It It's balancing out that when I show my emotions, when I tell you my story and you connect with me, the trauma is the golden thread that connects all of us. The lie mm -hmm. is that you don't understand what it's like to be me. So you don't know what it's like for me to, for you to have two moms. But when I tell you there was a point in my life where I felt unwanted, you're like, oh, okay, I felt that way before. And now we can mm -hmm. connect off of that. But society says that's weak. But that's healing and that's truth and that's connection. And that's what we sign up to learn so that we can bring each other together and see if we have the tenacity to pull ourselves up and to make peace with all of these things that used to plague us. Yeah, you don't do the work to experience more pain. You do the work to get rid of the pain because the pain is caused by the stored judgment you have about yourself, about something. And it's like when you do it and then you release it, you're released from that energy, you have a lot more energy to do what you love. So yes. how are you helping people now with what you've learned? Part of it now is when I get people who oppose my view or just flat out don't like me, I meet mm -hmm. them with love because I know that they're hurting. And again, like I said at the beginning of this, their roadmap for love is I only got attention when I was hurting. And so when I see sure. somebody who's love, I'm going to hurt them because that's how I'm saying help. I need love. Mm -hmm. um, really at the end of the day, my thing is the people who identify with I'm unwanted, I'm unappreciated, I'm a burden, I'm not good enough, all these different concepts that limit us outnumber the the lie that society has been feeding us of always look good never show your emotions bulldoze over people and outrank everybody and for me it's never about me i just see that we can change the algorithm we can change society culture is an agreement culture is an agreement and, and I feel like we're changing the culture because we all agree this system is an abusive relationship. So Nick, Nikki, me, how old are you? How old are you? 38. Okay. Are you a millennial? Yes. Are you on the top end or low end? I don't know the millennial age group. The reason uh, why I say that is because I think that's the difference of the last 70 years is my parents are, are gone. Um, I'm 55. So I'm a Gen X. And here's the reality is that our capacity to find the bullshit faster is each generation finds it faster. That's what social media has done. And 
the bullshit meter like on Gen Z is super, super, super high because you can't undo what you know. And each generation is learning more that there's ways we have to operate collectively that have got to change. Right. Um, and this, this is, this is where, again, I'm not the expert, but I want to encourage people to do research, but you've the, been through the trenches though. Yes. Yeah. The, the, um, boomer generation, whatever the planetary alignment was, I, I think it was something in, in Virgo. Again, you're going to do, do encourage people do the research. What yeah. planetary alignment happened when the boomer generation was started. And mm -hmm. so when you talk with boomers, their conversation is that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. That's what no. I was going to say is they, it's harder for them to change because their capacity to know they had neuroplasticity didn't exist for most of their life. Whereas Gen Z, they know they have neuroplasticity and they can change the story tomorrow. Yes. Boomers never learned that for 50 right. years. They never learned that. So it's hard for right. them to embrace that. Right. Whereas I forget what Gen X's um, alignment is, but millennials were in Scorpio. So Scorpio okay. does dive and goes into the shadows and goes into the darkness. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and so that's where the curiosity and the questioning, and I know your generation as well, really started that to be like, is it the way that it is? Is this how yeah. it's supposed to be? Because I don't like this. Right. And when, when people from the boomer generation say the younger generations are disrespectful. It's like, we're in an abusive relationship. You've yeah, been disrespectful. That's a great way. Great way since, to put it. Since the beginning. And so the, the younger generations now, now I'm a stepfather, I'm raising three children. The generations now, Aquarius is like, like you're, this is BS. I see you. And, and also Aquarius mm -hmm. can be adaptable. So when you're saying the sky is blue, the younger generations are going, is it blue? Why is it blue? What does blue mean to you? So mm -hmm. it's that questioning right now that you're mm -hmm. going to see even more and be like, this doesn't work. We don't like this. It isn't going to happen that way. So that's where you're seeing people that are getting those growing pains and feeling uncomfortable because to be human is to need to control everything mm -hmm. around you. And when you mm -hmm. understand that, you can step outside of that and say, okay, I don't know this. But this is why intuition is vital because I can tune into my body and say, this feels good. This feels mm -hmm. healthy. I'm not hurting anybody. Yeah. I, I, over the last 10 years, I've been trying to just define for myself, what does that space look like? It's that most productive step that I can take that is loving myself. That's the starting point. Everything else is secondary. It's got to be loving back towards me. And that space of love always begins with the person that I'm interacting, their love. So trust them. Let's start with trust. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And that radically changes the way people interact with you. They're not operating from a defensive posture. They're operating from a potential posture. And yes. I think that's the value of love is when we operate from the space of love, we're giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. And we're probably going to be right. 98% of the time. Yes. Well, well said. And also, for example, like when I healed my mother wounds and my father wounds, mm -hmm. like my conversation with my mom was like when, when it was fear, 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 judgment, it was an understanding of this is her way of saying, I love you. 
This is her way of saying, I care about you. I'm scared to lose you. I don't want for you to be judged in society. I want for you to be better than me, but I don't know how to communicate all of that. So my conversation was, thank you for showing me that you love me. You've raised a good son. I know what Mm -hmm. I'm doing now, even if it feels like it doesn't look that way to you. I like to make mistakes and I love to learn lessons and get better because of that. And then it was like, oh, okay, because their generation was work hard. Don't talk about your emotions. Get the gold watch and then retire for five years and then hope that you don't get hospital bills. So when you understand that in the same way, if you have a nagging mother or father, you're their purpose. So now that they're older and they're retired, if they don't have a purpose, they spiral out and they spin out. So when they're overly critical of you, that's their way of saying, you're my world and I don't want you to be damaged and I care about you. And that's beautiful and that's sweet Mm -hmm. versus the resentment of why are you always telling me what to do and why do you think that I don't know what I'm doing? Having Mm -hmm. that understanding gives peace and you can have compassion for that generation instead of being frustrated. And again, that's where we can work around all the problems in this world to say, if you're going to say that's the way it is and you need things to be solid and to make sense, I get that. So I'm going to respect that and I'm going to be more fluid and more open and and I'm going to show you like a father, like a mother, I'm gonna show you this new space, I'm gonna show you this love and I'm gonna show you what that feels like and if you don't like it, that's okay, we're still moving forward because we're getting out of this abusive relationship and we're having these difficult conversations so we can really see where everybody is at and then find the compromise and find the common ground. So the, uh, there's the devil's advocate approach or question to this, which is, okay, this concept of just love everybody is pie in the sky because some days suck. Okay? Totally. It's not they suck. They suck. And I don't <laughs> want to give anybody ever any impression that I don't or you don't have any sucky days. But how do you get out of those days? Because that's it's yeah. the days you fall in the rut. It happens. How do you get out of them? I think this is probably one of the best, best, best questions. I loved every single question. I think this is one of the best <laughs> ones. I I deliberately go out of my way to be transparent with people who watch me, who follow me, who hang out with me. I go out of my way. When I first started getting into the coaching space, I was coaching a woman who had who was Grammy Award winning, like iconic in her industry, had four (laughs) different coaches and would turn off the camera and be a completely different person than the word that she was preaching and telling people about. And and I was like $400 an hour, like for, for this. And and like, this is the, the behind the scenes. That's crazy. So one of the best things that I've learned from this relationship, one, one of the first arguments that we got into Um, because when you get out of an abusive relationship and when you get into a healthy relationship, more of your trauma can show up because your body's like, we're safe now. Okay. Like I'm going to dump everything. So we got into this, into this argument and we were both essentially saying the same thing. We both felt like the other person wasn't listening. And I found myself almost having this out of body experience where I was like, screaming. And I'm like, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. And finally she tuned into it because she studied with shamans, because she goes into those spaces. 
And she realized, because she's also experienced domestic violence, she identified that she was safe. In shamanism, there's this concept called holding space, where Mm -hmm. when somebody is angry or sad, you want for them to release that. You want for them to express it. You want for them to get it out of their system so that Mm -hmm. they can be clear. And she did just that. And she was like, tell me more. Keep yelling. Tell me more. Tell me how you really feel. And I was like, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? You want for me to let out all of the anger? Like, all of it, all of it? Because it's not directed at her, right? It's just what you're feeling. It's not. It's not. Not at all. And so I talked and I shared and we communicated. And then we were able to discuss what it was connected to what it reminded me of Mm -hmm. a moment in my childhood when I had a mother wound, when I was talking with my mom about something that Mm -hmm. was traumatic and I felt like she didn't listen to me and I felt stupid and all this stuff. And then it was a conversation of, do you now see that's not who you are? Yes, I can see that. I can see that I'm not stupid. I can see that I'm loved. I can see that I'm in a better space now. Okay, mm-hmm. you want to release this. Are you ready to release this definition? Yes, okay, claim it, declare it. Okay, thank you for teaching me these lessons. Thank you for showing me how to be strong. Thank you for protecting me. I release you, I love you. I now choose to live my life as somebody who is loved, as somebody who is whole and complete. So I started realizing when I have bad days, miserable days, frustrating days, numb days, I get excited about it because I have this formula. I have this equation I can go into of what is this intuitively remind you of? What's one moment in your life that this feels familiar of? Okay. Give that younger version of yourself a chance to speak. What's the story? What's the story that you're telling yourself? Okay, cool. Can you now see that's not who you are? Okay, I get that. Who are you now? Oh, amazing. Can you see that that other person had trauma? Can you see that they were hurting? Can you see that somebody took advantage of them? Yeah, I could see that. That sucks. So, okay, so that was their language to communicate that. Can you forgive Mm -hmm. them? Absolutely. I even forgive myself for holding that against them because I didn't even have that idea about them. Oh, my goodness. And then I can release it. So society lies to us and says, always be upbeat, always be outgoing. For me now, like I love flow. I love when things click. I love when things connect. I'm grateful (laughs) for this opportunity. Also, at the same time, the reason why I'm growing healthier and healthier and healthier and younger and younger and younger is because when I have those frustrating days, and sometimes it takes two or three days for me to identify where that anger comes from. But man, when I release it, it shows up and it it transforms. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of getting out of the rut or ditch or whatever you fall into is in the rut, it's very hard to cognitively frame context to say, okay, what's really happening? Because we're in a rut. It's like, holy shit, something bad is happening and we're in fight or flight mode. And it's hard because you can't see context unless you get over the the really hard uh, neurochemicals that are going on. So you have to learn like this 90 second skill just to even be able to rationally think. And that's hard to do for people because most people, they feel something and then they immediately get afraid and just walk away. Right. And I think over time, it's possible to learn that you can sit in the midst of that. Yes. Yes. And let it pass for 90 seconds. And then guess what? You can actually think rationally about it going, oh, and then you can see the other person's hurt too. Yes. 
It's 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 a muscle. It's like learning how to walk yeah. and talk. It's a practice. Yeah. You know, at first, at first, these conversations are going to feel cheesy and they're going to feel yeah. fake and they're going to feel stupid because you're mm-hmm. so used to chaos and drama and fear and, and, and I'm not good enough and shutting down and all that different right. stuff. For me now, what I'm telling clients, what I'm telling people is I have to start off the day identifying how I feel. And if I can't mm-hmm. identify what mood I feel, then I start to actually map out what my day is and that's anxiety. And then I can actually have a tool. Deep breathing, for example, Wim Hof breath, 11 minutes, change your life. Going into that deep breathing and then being able to hold your breath for a minute and noticing all of these thoughts that show up and, and pop up. There's tools, there's meditation, there's awareness, there's prayer, whatever your go-to thing is. I feel like when people have terrible days, it's because we're still in autopilot of society is going to validate me. My paycheck is going to validate me. Right. I'm going to get it externally versus being able to mm-hmm. say, if I'm angry, if I'm irritated, I would rather be late to this meeting and take time to check in with myself, even if that means me taking three deep breaths in a bathroom and doing a power pose to get myself mm-hmm. into a better space. Because when I show up, I'm clear and I'm transparent and I'm not masking. And even if you don't even believe in energy, you're picking up on my energy. You're picking up on that, whether you're conscious mm-hmm. or not of, of that, of that fact. So it's being able to say like, I'm accountable and I take responsibility mm-hmm. and I get when I'm in a better space that, that I'm great. And I'm not going to shame myself when I feel sadness or anger. This is an opportunity to get that release and to redefine and to reparent myself so that I'm not walking around with that guilt and that shame. Do you believe in God or do you have a concept of God or would you consider yourself more of an atheist or a spiritual person? Absolutely. When um, my conversation with people is when you grow up without a father, it's very, very common to get incarcerated, to have anger issues, to, to hang out with the knuckleheads. I hit everything on the checklist. And when I was incarcerated, that was where uh, the, the jail that I went to was Santa Rita in California. And I messaged my mom and I was like, who's Saint Rita? Cause this is a saint. And so she sent me uh, some information. And so I started praying to this saint and I started praying to God to say like, I was desperate. I hurt people. I offended people. I'm wrong. I was out of my mind. This isn't who I am. Please forgive me. Every single day, right around the same time, I was saying basically the same prayer. I had a dream that I saw myself as a child. He had the Oshkosh uh, overalls on and everything. And and there was this light, there was this figure of light that was walking next to him. It was a dusty path. And and the, the younger version of me said, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. And then this brilliant flash of light exploded. And then I was like, oh, that's God. That's God. That is God. Right. And right. that was it. And then it was this message of now your journey has begun. I was actually going to get baptized while I was in jail, as cliched as it might be for some of your listeners. For me, it was very real. The day that I was supposed to, I got transferred to another section and then randomly, but not randomly, one of the deputies saw me and was like, do you want to clean bathrooms? And I was like, uh, 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 sure. And he, and then I got work in lieu, which means I was able to go home 
and 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 also clean the jail cells, but I would get my freedom. So that was God's way of saying, if you really want to go through this process, go through it and honor it. So the church that I went to in Alameda, the the pastor there, Father Rich, actually later came out as gay and there was nothing about him that was like, you wouldn't even know it about him. He was just pure love. He was a person right. who baptized me because I loved his word. I loved that he was, I felt like that was the true message of Jesus, the true message of God, how loving, how compassionate, how caring he was. And conceptually, conceptually for people who have a difficulty with organized religion, the concept of this isn't who I am and I don't want to carry this with me anymore. And I'm connected with God and I'm going to show God that I am love and that I'm doing God's work and I'm doing this in God's name, you know, to really be that, that, you know, advocate and to be that representative of God's love, I'm all the way in and I've experienced it and I felt that testimony. So yeah, absolutely. I I can find God on the subway. I can find God. If you take me to church, I'll go with you and I'm not going to put you down for right. your belief because right. I... I know what I know and I'm good with where you're at. And you know, like I absolutely, right. I believe in God. Yeah. Like I tell people, if you're going through a difficult time, I dare you to tell God, I put my life in your hands. Right. I love the way you put that because that's sort of the journey with God. God's basically saying, okay, I'm not going to let you see me in traditional ways. Like I'm not a materialist. I'm going to live in the energy, but if you trust me, I will reveal myself. And it's a provocative idea but when you discover it's God is really there, it's profound because you can't ignore it because it's a feeling. It takes over. It's the, yes. the feeling of love is not the idea of love. The yes. feeling of love is this overwhelming sense of you belong, you are wanted, you are appreciated, and it's within. It's not out here. It's not the praise. It's within, and you can't deny it. And what I love about it is that you've discovered that and we both realize it's better to give it away. You are special. There's something special about you that I know you already know it. Um, and I want to call that out. Okay. <laughs> I want you to realize that you have something special. What do you want to do with that? That's my question. My my, well, first of all, our our nonprofit that my wife and I have created, OneSourceAction.org, is focused on giving people social justice, educational justice, and environmental mm -hmm. justice. And we're, we're currently looking for educators and people. We're 5,000 members strong, and we're looking for educators who want to get a tax write-off that can contribute and add value to people. Um, we're going to be giving people farm-to-table food. We're going to be giving people forever homes and education and resources and documenting all of that to change the algorithm and to change the focus in society. Um, Where do people find that? OneSourceAction.org. OneSourceAction.org. Um, my, my, when you take everything away, my thing is, there's a couple pieces. I want for people to get that everything that plagues them and hurts them is a misinterpretation. It's a mistranslation. Mm. I really, really really want to encourage people to understand we're storytellers. And if you don't like your story, it's because you're not telling it. You're telling other people's perspectives of your story. 
And when you can really, really get that and really, truly take that deep dive to say, how do these things that I strongly dislike about myself, that I resent about myself, how could they possibly benefit me and benefit other people? Your pain is your power, is your purpose. So really, really connect, connect with that excitement of discovering what your story is, you know, Mm. And, and again, when life feels uncomfortable, really, really understand being comfortable in the uncomfortable is is a superpower and that you have yeah. no idea yeah. where this is taking you. And mm-hmm. last but not least, reconnect, even if it was with a moment, a sliver in time, reconnect with the child before you were told how life is, who had excitement, mm-hmm. that didn't know that there was opinions and really get into that space. And when you love yourself, really, 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 really love yourself, most of the problems that you see in this world go away. Find your story. Tell your story. You're a storyteller. Tell your story, storyteller. Tell your story. Don't let it tell you. Nikki, you're my favorite guest ever, hands down, because you and I are so much – you are you and I are in the same wavelength, 100%, and it's wonderful to experience. I, it makes me feel like I'm not going crazy sometimes because I – it's nice to have someone reflect it back that is experiencing the same thing, you know? It's like, okay, I'm not I'm – not, fucking out there you know it's like because some days i feel like i live on the corner of the metaverse or the the uh, multiverse you know yes we're this is how we find our people this is how we're finding our community through technology yes absolutely thank you it's been such a pleasure and such an honor i'm so glad we got to connect and yeah thank you absolutely thank you for acknowledging me in the way that i acknowledge you Absolutely, bro. And so to all my guests, uh, this has been such a fabulous journey with Nikki. Um, please comment, uh, subscribe, and review if you can. We would love it. Uh, this has been Living in the Matrix. Much love, everybody. Peace.